Do you want a real, honest, and flexible career that you can do from home? This is not another direct sales gig or one of those fake get-rich-quick schemes, but a real, professional, and flexible way to earn a legitimate five- to six-figure income around your lifestyle. What I'm talking about here is bookkeeping. And yes, you heard that right, bookkeeping. This position has been around for over a century and has been an upstanding and honest career path within the financial industry. A bookkeeper is the backbone to any business in the right hand to a CPA or EA. Traditionally, this position has been in an office setting or placed within an accounting firm. But with today's technology and cloud-based programs, bookkeeping is now available and trusted to be done anywhere. This is why I've released my Home Bookkeeper Masterclass. This class gives you all the knowledge and insight on how to launch your very own home bookkeeping business and goes along with the number one accounting program in the nation. You'll also receive a business resource guide on my favorite bookkeeping aids and how to use them and a pro advisor study guide to help you pass the free, yes I said free, online certification with the same accounting program that I use at my bookkeeping firm, EDJ Consulting. Head over to the resources page at emmadon.com to enroll in the Home Bookkeeper Masterclass today. Hey, Wine Moms, and thank you for listening to this MW Network and Emmadon production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, themommywines.com, and wherever else you get your favorite podcasts. For exclusive content and early access, make sure to tune in on Patreon. Hey, Emma, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I love your accent. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Even in, I'm from the East Coast, Midwest area of the United States, but I moved to Utah, which is like in the West. And everyone is like, oh, you have such an accent. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you sound kind of like like a country western person. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But you can talk I, all day. <laughs> but I love your accent. I am so excited because be- like, between this whole like worldwide quarantine situation we've been having, I have had the like opportunity just to have more worldwide guests on the show. And I think it gives my audience a really cool perspective on not only what's going on just now with the coronavirus, but mm. like all around the world, people are giving their opinions and input and, and sharing what's kind of going on with them. And they also get to share their cute little accents. So I'm excited (laughs) to have you on today. Oh, thank you so much. Because I saw your um, podcast on Instagram. I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. Something different for me. And yeah, it has been really good. Because usually I would be working in the kindergarten. So it's nice to be home and be able to do this stuff. And I want to hear so much about that. Because we're all home. Luckily... Here in the state of Utah, we are starting to, you know, get some freedom back. We're not so much imprisoned like we have been. (laughs) Um, But I don't think schools are going to be starting up until next year, until next session. So we have all been, especially myself, 
either ex- people who have older kids, kindergarten, first graders, you know, older kids at home. They've been doing like online schooling. Mm-hmm. I have a preschooler, um, which I used to love being able to ship off to preschool and daycare. <laughs> but because I am not, I am not a teacher. I thought I could have been I when I was pregnant I was like yes I'm gonna be like the end all be all like Pinterest one mom <laughs> mug like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but as he's grown I've realized that like I am I don't have the patience for it it's not in my like personality and I'm, I'm a very logical person so like trying to find creative ways to interact with like a little kid is just like oh it's like mind-numbing <laughs> to me but I love I have such a greater appreciation for people who have those talents because I just like I don't <laughs> no and I think it's funny because I have these talents at work but I don't have these talents at home with my own children it's so <gasps> different when they're your own it's so different well I feel like even when I like babysit or I'm on like a play date with other people's kids, other people's kids like listen to me when I'm hanging out with Milo at home. He's like, Oh fuck off mom. Like you're annoying me. <laughs> yeah, <And> not doing <laughs> Maybe not literally, but like that's the vibe I'm getting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mine are the same. So yeah, I'm a play therapist at work, but my kids don't want to play with me <laughs> at home. <laughs> I know. Isn't it just like, the double-edged sword life gives you mm-hmm. absolutely so you know it's been interesting I can't wait for schools to reopen but I'm in um, Melbourne in Australia I don't know if you know much about Australia um, but I'm in Melbourne in Australia and we're not looking to be going back to school for quite a while I know Western Australia one of our states is back um, but unfortunately the state that I live in we are still in isolation still in lockdown oh my goodness we there are places here in the U.S like extremely populated cities like LA and New York. Um, those are still in like, like I can't even imagine living their life. Like they are in such lockdown. I'm like, I would, I would just die. I would just melt <laughs> into my sofa with wine and Netflix and like never return. You would never see me again. <laughs> but love it. luckily here in Salt Lake, Salt Lake is just such an isolated city to begin with that I think we we weren't impacted like the more populated areas and we're kind of starting to get some of those freedoms back like I was able to go to Office Depot which is like an (laughs) office supply store the other day like today and I took my dog to the groomer for the first time in forever which is a blessing because my house smells (laughs) my house literally smells like a dirty dog Nice. It's not nice. I'm like, (laughs) while my kid is at his dad's visiting, because this is when I do these podcasts, I'm like febrezing every possible thing I can (laughs) because not only has my kid not been to the groomer or gotten a haircut or like Mm -hmm. he's also been refusing to take like showers because he's like, I'm not dirty. I'm not dirty. And I'm like, yeah, but you smell (laughs) my dog hasn't been able to get an appointment either so I'm like this is too much living it's just too much living in our house right now like we were not meant to be here this much 
<laughs> no, and I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I'm not used to that role. That's definitely not my role. Me either. Like, I work from home, and I stayed at home with my son when he was younger. But, like, since I've moved to the city, I have – he's gone to daycare. He's gone to preschool. I come back home, and I work. And But, like, I didn't think quarantine was going to affect us all that much. And it really hasn't outside of, like, the mental factor of, like, not being able to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. E- even if I wanted to go somewhere, I, like, what's the point? Because nothing's open. <laughs> I could drive it's around. It's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just do that. Just do less. <laughs> just drive around for a while. <laughs> hey, wine moms and puppy lovers everywhere. I wanted to let you know that our new store, The Fetching Barker, is now open. Shop the cutest and eco-friendly, natural, and handcrafted dog supplies. The Fetching Barker has everything your pup needs and so much more. From toys to travel essentials, a wide line of CBD and hemp products, snacks and treats to handcrafted accessories. Shop your favorite brands like Pet Head, Becco Pets, Papilla, Peddleton Pet, and more, or find new brands that I am sure you're going to love. Visit thefetchingbarker.com and feel good that a portion of all profits go to support global conservation efforts. I mean, this is the planet our pet loves, right? That's thefetchingbarker.com. So what are kind of some of the tips that you're maybe you know, using yourself to survive quarantine, um, or just maybe entertaining your kids. I know Milo, my son has been on his tablet watching Mm. YouTube, which I am trying to eliminate. I got a, the discovery channel. I think it's the curiosity app. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, do you have that there in Australia? We, We have, we're very lucky. We have a channel called the ABC and the ABC have like an education app. So it might be similar. Nice. Yeah. So the guy who started Discovery Channel just created an app for kids um, during this whole quarantine thing. Um, and it's like Discovery Channel, but like kid version. <laughs> oh, I have to check it out. That so sounds called, interesting. Yeah. It's called Curiosity. I'm and actually has, writing that down right now. <laughs> yes. Do it. So I am like parental controlling the hell out of his tablet because I'm like you're just rotting your brain watching other kids play with toys like this is stupid absolutely yeah it can definitely be used to its advantage I think that's the tricky part it's getting that balance because we my kids are on iPads all the time they're on iPads and computers every day but it's what they're doing which is the yeah but that's the tricky part it's trying to make sure what they're doing is appropriate I know that's the tricky part too because I'm like in this catch 22 where I remember when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was play like Spyro the Dragon and Crash Bandicoot on my PlayStation (laughs) 1. And I would play these games, like these video games, for hours and hours. And like nobody monitored my screen time. <laughs> like no yeah. like nobody cared. But now all of a sudden it's the next generation and they're like, oh, we have to be better parents than our parents were. So we're gonna monitor screen time. Nope. Yeah, it's, kid- a, it's a tricky one. 
my kid's not going to sit and play video games for six hours a day like I did when I was a kid. But then I'm like, if it shuts him up and it's what he wants to do, like, just, I don't know. I'm, like, caught in the middle of, like, letting him be or, like, being that helicopter parent. Like, everyone fears they're going to be when... (laughs) Oh, I know, and we all like that anyway. We're all the same. I think we try and have this perfect picture, and we're all human. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not perfect. No one's perfect. I think what I tell parents is just that healthy, it's a healthy balance. The healthy balance of, yep, screen time's great because it gives me sanity. It lets me have my cup of coffee, and it looks after my mental health, especially at the moment. It's so important that we're looking after our own mental health at the moment. If mum's not happy, the whole house isn't happy. So I... (laughs) It's true. So I use screen time for that, for my peace and quiet. But then afterwards, I just look at, well, because I'm a developmental therapist. So I look at, well, what is happening during screen time for their body and how do we compensate it? So after screen time, I just make sure they move their head. They move their eyes. We call it visual tracking. I make sure that they move their body, their arms and legs, because it's really important for their core strength. And that's what we do after screen time. So it's not saying screen time's bad, get them off. It's just making parents aware that well, this is how we compensate for it. And it's really simple. It's tapping a balloon around the house. It's crawling along the floor to chase a teddy bear. It's whatever we can do depending on the age of the kid. But, yeah, it's definitely it's a tricky one. And I, and I think what I tell all my followers is that there's no textbook for coronavirus. <laughs> there's no textbook to tell us what to do during social isolation. I the know. It just came on, like, so quick. Mm, mm-hmm. I feel like there was, like, this shock in the beginning and like just now people are starting to adjust but now things are going back to normal so I feel like the amount of post-traumatic stress after this whole situation is going to be so much higher absolutely and and it's even interesting because the people who have already say had trauma or they've already had anxiety this has just increased it it's made it worse in a way it's pretty scary it's super scary because you look at the side effects of coronavirus and you're like, oh, that's not even as bad as like cold and flu season, but nobody freaks out about that. (laughs) You Uh know, like that's something that happens every single year. Why are we all of a sudden freaking out about this thing that doesn't seem as bad? And I'm one of those people that's like, okay, well, this is weird. Why are we freaking out? I'm going to Google it or like look it up or listen to medical podcasts or TED talks or whatever I have to do to get some information but there's like nothing there's like not a whole lot out there oh see we're really lucky in Australia we have access to a lot of information I think it's very tricky depending on countries because we've obviously yeah it's it's very hard I feel for you where you are I do and you're probably looking at our country and thinking that's different but we're really lucky that we've always been informed with all of that along the way but it is interesting, you know, working in, I used to work in aged care before I worked with kids and gastro, like tummy bugs was the biggest, you know, sort of killer of old, older adults. So um, it's scary stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Like I've spoken to some people who are in Australia, in the UK. Um, I feel like the UK and Australia, even though they're very far apart, are very similar in the way that they kind of govern their information when it comes to yeah. the citizens there. Yeah. Um, and even in Bali, there's like this whole, um, I don't know, like this whole community in Bali and South Africa. That's one of the greatest things about my podcast 
is I've been able to communicate with people all over the world lately. It's not just people who are coming to a in-person recording, but they're all getting very different information than we are getting here in America. Um, So I think they feel a bit more prepared and comfortable with what's going on. But I feel like here in America, people are like, I don't get it. Like, why is this a thing? (laughs) Like, we we don't kind of know anything. And then we're getting like like, bits and pieces of information. Um, And luckily nowadays with the internet, we've been able to like further our, you know, informational reach with, you know, just web-based data. And I feel like for now, I think they're kind of fighting against that. But like with the internet, it's not going to be like that forever. I think we're all going to kind of be on the same page here very soon because with social media expanding and Google and the internet and all of that, it's just bringing in this whole flood of knowledge that we didn't have before that. Yeah, absolutely. So you all have heard me talk about Real Good Foods before. If you follow me on Instagram, and if you don't, you definitely should, you'll have seen Milo devouring the Real Good Foods pizza. Well, my favorite frozen food company is now launching ice cream. Real, real good ice cream. No icy or chalky texture like other light ice creams. It's made with fresh milk and cream, giving it that smooth, creamy goodness we all love. On a sweet note, there's only 4 grams of sugar. The new Real Good Ice Creams are sweetened with alios, a naturally occurring sweetener found in things like figs and dates. This rare sugar has one-tenth of the calories of typical cane sugars, leaving this guilt-free frozen treat with a low 180 calories per serving. You can find this Real Good Ice Cream online at Real Good Foods and Vitamin Shop. So kind of explain a little bit. I know we kind of just jumped into this podcast like like a horse right out the gate, but (laughs) tell um, the listeners a little bit about you and what you do. Sure. So I'm Robin. I'm from a business called Play, Move, Improve. I started that when my twins were born. They're now nearly eight. It goes quickly. So my son was born with developmental delay. So I was originally an exercise physiologist for older people. So for people in their 70s to 90s, I did their falls prevention. When my son was born with developmental delay, I turned my exercise physiology into working with kids. So now I help children who have developmental delay. So it might be with their gross motor skills or their fine motor handwriting skills. It's also with kids who have cerebral palsy, autism, ADHD, trauma. Um, So I use play and movement to help improve their learning and improve their life skills. Oh, that's fun. It is fun. So I pretty much I'm called the play lady. So people call me the play lady. (laughs) (laughs) And I bring a bag. I feel like Mary Poppins sometimes. I bring this big bag of toys and tricks that are inside my bag. And it's pretty cool. I miss the kids because being with COVID-19 stuck at home. I do miss interacting with the kids. So now I've turned to online. So now I'm interacting with kids online, which is sort of cool, but it's very different at the moment. It is. I'm I'm kind of like grateful that we have this online internet platform that we can all communicate and continue to kind of 
do what we do with like some moderate changes, but I don't know. I'm kind of starting to miss like the in-person interaction. I know. And I always, I never sort of picked myself as like a, a hugger, like a person who loves hugs, but I'm missing that, you know, just a random hug from a friend at school drop off or, you know, seeing our family. It's weird. It's very strange, but it's been interesting because I had a little online Zoom session with a little boy who had autism and he actually related to me better behind the screen. So I found that fascinating that he could engage with me more when I was technically a computer. So it has had its pros, but it has, yeah, I do miss it for sure. You know, I feel like kids with um, special needs or developmental issues like that, I feel like there's just, you have to kind of find the way to connect with that certain kid because every kid is so different absolutely Um, even if you're like a mom and you have three kids you can't sit there and say that all three of your kids are exactly the same like every kid every family it's just such a unique experience for that individual life and I think maybe this whole COVID corona I don't even know like lockdown (laughs) situation I think is maybe going to shed a little bit of light on like a positive note of like how different kids learn. Yeah. And it's really opened up to their skills. Like I've noticed, so my twins, they have both older adult teachers. They have teachers that really may not have used technology much at all. And it's really pushed those teachers to have to learn how to use an iPad and how to get on Zoom It's been fantastic. It's taught their teachers so much, which has been really awesome. So it's interesting that. I bet your twins could have taught him because there are some things my son does with his tablet and he's three and a half years old that I didn't even know he could do. (laughs) How did you do that? uh, Yeah. Like, how do you know these things? I feel like my mother, which is like my worst nightmare. (laughs) You know, like you never want to grow up and be your mother. Like, no, definitely I, not. <laughs> I feel like I'm that old person who's like, okay, how did you show me how to do that? <laughs> and I think it's good because, you know, if we look at what jobs they're going to have or even like the jobs that we have, we live quite a bizarre world. Like for you to be a podcaster, it's not your typical job. And for me to be running Zoom therapy sessions, it's not a typical job. So it's really exciting that it's giving our kids the opportunity to do all sorts of different jobs when they grow up so I love technology for what it is I just it's just trying to get that healthy balance that's the tricky part like teachers need the healthy balance in a classroom but parents really need that healthy balance at home but it's really tricky at the moment when parents are always stressing about you know washing and cooking and yeah so it's trying to get it really quick and really easy for the whole family Oh, I wish I was a mom that worried about cooking and cleaning. My <laughs> housekeeping skills and my chef skills are not as Same. up to par as they <laughs> used to be when I was a stay-at-home mom. When I was, no, you know what? It's just casseroles are fine. My kids <laughs> eat a lot of casserole, a lot of stir fry. <laughs> yes. Simple. Oh my gosh! I was just thinking back on this um, the other day. I was thinking back on what my life was like when I was a stay-at-home mom because I, I sold a business and I moved across the country um, during my pregnancy with Milo. So for his first year and a half, I stayed at home. Mm-hmm. And I remember him, like, I would, like, home cook his baby food. And, like, my house was, like, 
perfect all the time. And I was like so well rested and <laughs> like we had a routine. And after a while, I was like, okay, well, I'm a workhorse. I'm a worker. I need to go back to work or else I'm going to go crazy. So I went back to work and now I come home and like my house is a mess. We, <laughs> we eat out, we get takeaway so much more than we used to. <laughs> But you know what's funny? I don't think our kids, our, our children don't care. Like, they don't really care. We try and have all this perfection and kids don't care. Oh. They just want us. Oh, That's yeah. all they want. Milo could care less if he eats, like, <laughs> or get, oh, there's my dog in the background. That's one of the downfalls of recording from home. But I love it. That's fine. He can bark <laughs> as much as he wants. <laughs> but, like, yeah, Milo could literally care less I think he hated the organic home-cooked food that I would make him because I'm not a chef um and I think he loves that we get takeaway like probably at least twice a week <laughs> so yeah that's fine all good as long <laughs> I think as it's hard though because I remember when my twins were born I used to steam all their veggies and everything was perfection then my third one came along and I couldn't but in a way it made me a better parent so I feel like when we add extra load on so for example you work from home or you become busier it means you can't stress about the small stuff I think it's really a good thing because I used to stress about the small stuff they had to be freshly clean clothes every day clothes folded in their drawers perfectly cooked steamed vegetables but then you're like well what's reality it's really made me relax a lot more now because I don't have time to stress so much we are connecting you are my people (laughs) Like, but we need to gather more of our people. That's yes, <laughs> because yeah. like, especially here in Utah, there's this population of Stepford wives. Yeah, and I feel like yes. there is just this area in in my neighborhood, and they're like, they look down at you, you know, and they have their snooty mm. little noses way up in the air, and I am like, okay, would I rather be giving my kid like? air fried kale chips and having him be miserable or giving him a french fry and watching him smile <laughs> like <laughs> it's a happy balance isn't it, it is, but it is balance. I think I yeah because I go to school and drop my kids off and I remember I've just moved to the area so I was a new mom I was the mom that everyone was judging oh, and where she came from looking at you yes and I'm a bit quirky as you probably <laughs> gathered already I love it and <laughs> I remember going to school and I was just like, who are these people? Because they were the people with the beautiful Range Rovers and Jeep Cherokees, beautiful cars and perfect active wear and makeup done and hair looking fabulous first thing in the morning. And they would, you could feel them judging you. And I remember walking up to this. Yeah. And I went up to this beautiful friend and I hold her so dearly. She now does my hair. She's a hairdresser. And I'm like, what do I do? And she goes, Robin, just find your tribe. You got to find your tribe. (laughs) Don't try and please everyone. You're never going to want to be like them. Just find your tribe. And I just keep saying every time, school pick up, school drop off in my head, I'm like, find my tribe, find my tribe. (laughs) I love it. I have slowly, it's taken me a while because Utah is not a place that like a normal person could like easily adjust into. These people were like born and bred for this life. And I am, like, slowly coming into it. Um, But it is, like, Lululemon leggings, makeup, like you said, first thing in the morning. I'm like, who does that? 
Their hair is perfectly blow dried into this like sleek ponytail. And I'm like, this is 6.30 a.m. Like, where are you finding Mm -hmm. this? Like, are you on drugs? Like, where are you getting this energy? (laughs) My sense of achievement is putting a bra on. If I've got that on, then I've I've had a good morning. That's all I got to do. Well, you're doing (laughs) way better than me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's interesting that I think us parents, we all judge each other when we don't need to, and we all tend to have this idea of perfection that doesn't exist. Like I always tell people all the time, forget about the Pinterest life. Even when people look at my social media, my social media does look perfect. It looks like I play with my kids all day, but that's (laughs) my business. It's not real. (laughs) In reality, I'm kicking their butts all day. Yeah, and in reality, I'm bribing them. (laughs) I have to bribe them that this is mummy's work and I need you to play with that pom-pom and then I will give you screen time. Oh, my gosh. I know. And that's one of the reasons why I love my podcast is because it just sheds so much light on, like, real reality, raw mom moments. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we need them. And I think we need to hear that other people are like us. Yes. Because it can feel really, well, we're already isolated, but it can feel even more isolating if we feel like we're not up to standard or we're not like the people that we are having our circle. Yeah. So there's lots of people like us. We're not the only ones who can't cook and clean. That's for sure. (laughs) See, I had all of these assumptions and I think we did an episode maybe like a year or two ago on this but I had this like motherhood assumption of like oh it's not gonna matter that I'm in a new place that I've never been like because I've never been to Utah before I moved here like northern Utah anyway um like I've never been to Salt Lake or like where I lived in Nevada never been to like this area of the western side of the country before but I was like oh, it's not going to matter. I'm going to be a mom and must make mom friends. And it's going to be fine. Like, there's going to be play dates and whatever. But one of the things that I didn't realize that when I was becoming a stay-at-home mom in an entirely new part of, like, a giant country, well, this country is way too big. I don't think, like, any other country no, is as big as America. I'm like, mm, no, I think our whole country is like a couple of your states put together. Yes, it needs to be cut in half because there are areas like the West is nowhere near like the East. Like I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, which is like a regular town. But then I come out here and I'm like, okay, well, this can't be America anymore because these laws and these rules and everything is different. <laughs> but That's whatever. Hard. Um, but yeah, like I had this assumption that I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like I can move away from my friends and my family and I can, I can raise my kid as a stay at home mom and, and it's going to be fine because I'm going to be a mom and I'm going to have mom friends. And then like reality kind of set in and I'm like, okay, well, my kid's not in school yet. What am I supposed to do for these four years that he's like (laughs) not going to be going to school? Mm -hmm. So this podcast kind of came along and it is so fun being able to like find people that I'm able to connect with and relate to and my audience is able to relate to and you're able to relate to and it's just become fun, especially now during quarantine because I can just do it with 
you know, no pants and no makeup and my hair not done, <laughs> just sitting on my couch. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do when I have to wear work pants again. I'm not sure. I've, I've just been dressing my top half <laughs> and that's it. Just <laughs> tracksuit on the bottom. <laughs> I feel like there, I have a friend back home who's a teacher and she's been posting um, like Instagram pics of her work outfits <laughs> during quarantine. It's great. And it's like... <laughs> Her husband's pajama bottoms on the bottom and then like a dress shirt on top. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty much, that's how you would describe me right now. I have like the typical teacher top on and I have these old ratty tracksuit <laughs> pants that have like the lint balls on them. Yeah. It's great. Oh my gosh. I just like. <laughs> you got to keep, keep it real. It. That's it. What are they going to say? Oh, again? thanks. I might just go to work like that. Yeah, Exactly. Because I have to play that consultant role with high heels and dress skirts and all that rubbish at Ugh. work. It's now nice to go, well, this is me. And what I'm loving about COVID-19 is that it's getting us all on the same page. Yes. So business owners, same page. Housewives, same page. We're all on the same page. It's pretty cool. It does have its downsides, but the silver linings of this, especially with it being a worldwide thing, it's not just like a U.S. thing or a U.K. thing or some, you know, China thing. It's like a worldwide thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of all uniting us in the way of we're starting to work out at home. We are all binge watching. We're all snacking. <laughs> we're all, yeah, we're all <laughs> spending way too much screen time. We're on Instagram way too much. It's you know, We're all kind of in it you know, and we're just like riding the way. We're just doing the best. Yeah, we're just doing the best we can. That is true. Hey, wine moms, let's shed those pesky COVID-19 pounds together and let's get active again. Summer is just around the corner and the weather is heating up. There's no better place to be for you or your health than outside in the sun and fresh air. So let's tackle the trails in a pair of Zaya Active joggers or shorts. Let's lounge by the pool in the new mix and match swimwear or hit the gym in a sweat wicking compression fast drying pair of no fuss light and tights. Whatever your activity may be, let's do it with Zaya Active. You can do so by visiting myzaya.com backslash emadon. That's myzaya.com backslash emadon. Yeah, but we do need more mum chats. I think we need more of mums coming together and supporting each other. That would be uh, amazing, but in a in a real sort of authentic way. I still feel like sometimes, and maybe because people know my job, they know that I'm a therapist. That it's hard to connect with mums authentically. Oh, it's still yeah. sort of the facade of what it's the facade of what the story I want to share and the story that I think you'd like to hear. It would be really be nice one day to have just mums go, well, this is me. And, yeah, that would be amazing. But we'll get there. I've got there a little bit with my tribe, <laughs> at, you know, in my new area. It's just breaking down those walls for people and just letting them be themselves. It's hard to get women just to be yourself. I, yes, it is so hard. I feel like men can go to, like, a golf club and they can scotch and talk to people about their mistresses or – the deal that they lost at the office and whatever, and it's all forgiven. But when it comes to women, especially mothers, it is like this 
And I think it's us. I don't think it's men. I don't think it's society. I think it's us. Like, I think we hold ourselves to a standard that is just unreachable. And we think society holds us to that as well. Because I, like, I've never once told my son's dad, despite that he's not the greatest person in the world, but I've never once told him, like, something bad or something I felt guilty about. And he's like, oh, you know, like, he's never judged me for it. He's like, oh, whatever. Move on. Like, (laughs) you know? And we stew on it for ages. I stew on it. I'm (laughs) the steward. And I feel like that's other women, too, is, like, they're the stewards. And I feel like we put this pressure on ourselves. And it's not even necessarily coming from society. But I feel like even the moms who are driving up, you know, to daycare in their and their perfectly pressed hair and their and their perfect clothes and their perfect you know makeup with their mile long eyelashes i feel like it's them <laughs> i feel like they're the ones putting that pressure on themselves it's not i'm not putting that pressure on them i could care less if they had mile long eyelashes or not or if yeah it's pretty interesting cuz i met a mom who was exactly like that <laughs> and i've got a lot of baggage i i've come from a really yucky upbringing so i and i think that's why i'm who i am cuz you know my parents aren't around on the scene so if they don't care then i don't care this is who i am i remember going to school pick up and i was just who i was like i was calling a spade a spade i was being myself and this mom who's in beautiful active wear makeup all the time hair immaculate she's like how can you not be worried what people think of you Oh, I don't care. You you need to befriend <laughs> that person because she is looking for a way out of herself. Yeah, and the interesting part was I tried to obviously bring her in and go, this just be yourself. It doesn't matter. But she wasn't ready. She just wasn't ready. She then sort of threw it back at me in a way of, I don't know, you think you're perfect. And it was interesting. It's an interesting dynamic because that's what women can be like. I think some of us women have gone on our journey and, you know, I've had a lot of therapy over the years to go on my journey and improve myself as a person. But if you haven't gone on that journey or if you're not ready to make the changes in yourself, then I think they're the ones that are insecure and they can be the mums that can make us feel really awkward at school drop-off or at play dates because they're judging us. But the saddest part is they're judging themselves first. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I totally have that here and I feel like Melbourne is a very similar dynamic of like um what is it what, what's the saying keeping up with the Joneses as like Salt Lake is <laughs> you've got it you got it yeah I've, yeah yeah for I've sure chatted with other um moms and even just other women who aren't even moms but they've they've kind of given me the same impression of Melbourne kind of being very similar to Salt Lake as it's this keeping up with the Joneses lifestyle and yeah it's perfection it's the perfect family picture and when you don't have I don't have that perfect family picture it's just me in the photo but it's it's isn't it fascinating that people then sort of put the onus on us like you know we're responsible and it's just having that no actually this is me you can take me for who I am but yeah it is Melbourne is very Keeping up with the Joneses for sure. That's that's the thing we go with. And it's it's just being yourself. What do we need to do that for? Exactly. Nobody. If you don't care, Absolutely. and if you don't care what other people think, then obviously there. even if somebody does judge you, it's not going to matter because you don't care. <laughs> yeah. 
It took a while though. I'm in my thirties now, and it probably took until I was thirty to Me get too. there. But it was a I, journey. I turned thirty <laughs> last October, and I feel like that was the light switch in my head. That was like just my my fuck it light switch. <laughs> yeah, same. It, it was actually interesting because I um twenty nine was my year of just getting rid of anyone toxic in my life and that was my family as well like no nah, you're toxic I don't need that rubbish I was 29 it was it was like I was similar to you it was like I was just cleaning up all of my mess before I hit 30 <laughs> now 30 I don't care <laughs> see I had this life epiphany at like 27 which I've heard is a very common age for women to kind of get this oh, right. comfortableness with themselves in their kind of reality of their life and so, like, my my parental background is a disaster. If I could back bill them for therapy, I would be a millionaire. Mm. <laughs> Thousands. <laughs> yeah. Same. Isn't it funny how we find each other? See, we found we our did. tribe. We're not the only ones. And, you know, like, I kind of started coming into myself, but it didn't take me until I was 30. I went to work. I was working at a credit union at the time, implementing a program that I developed for the mortgage industry, um, for home buyers and whatnot, for home lending. And I came in, my birthday was Sunday. It was my first birthday I've ever spent alone. My son was visiting his dad. I was in a new place on the other side of the country. I just kind of hung out at home. Like I didn't have anybody to spend it with. I just kind of pampered myself, did some self-care, and just hung out and watched, you know, Netflix movies. And I I personally had a great time. But <laughs> So I go into work the next day. It's the 7th of October. And I was told how sad and pathetic my life was and that I spent my birthday alone and and that I am, I'm a sinner for being a single mother, because if I wasn't a single mother, then I would have a husband to spend my time with and I wouldn't have to (laughs) share my child. And I'm like, okay, well, if I wanted to spend time with my son's dad, I, I could, I just don't. (laughs) And this comes from women. This is what I find so fascinating that the judgments come from women. It all came from women and it came from a woman who spent a lot of time being a single mom herself which I also like I was so taken back that she was saying these things to me that like I like cried and left work early I was like I like what makes you so superior when you were in my position at one time like yeah, you should be making me a coffee, not judging yeah, me. Yeah, make me a damn coffee with a little bit of hazelnut. <laughs> exactly. God. I do find it interesting because I obviously I don't have a relationship with my mum. So people would go, oh, but it's Mother's Day. Don't you want to call her? No. No, no. I no. no, but it, oh. <laughs> don't you want to mend it? It's your mum. I'm like, I Oh, my God. Care. If I doesn't bother me for every time somebody said that to me. I would be like Donald Trump. Oh, Just that'd be a, good. Maybe do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please, and a better, better haircut. haircut. <laughs> yeah. Just, just make every single person who ever says that comment to me give me a nickel. 
Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But I think then it's interesting because then I've found women who – and I think because you have to share your story first. It's really – you know, it's vulnerable and it's hard, but you have to share your story first. Then, you know, like yourself, other people – we're not the only ones out there. I just think sometimes women carry this facade of perfection and Pinterest lifestyle and look at my beautiful lounge room and deep down they're rocking in the corner, you know, feeling like crap. It's if only we just gave our real selves – online, offline, I think we'd all support each other more. And I kind of have noticed that as my podcast has come on and and it's become its own entity and it's grown so much, there's so many people who reach out, you know, even like you who are like, let's chat about these things. And and Mm. it's kind of, it has grown this little bit of a community And just me even sharing my vulnerability and my ups and downs of, you know, the non-existent toxic co-parenting relationship I have or, you know, being kind of a bit of an orphan when it comes to my own personal family and things like that. Like, it's kind of brought people out who are like, I'm so glad you're talking about this because I'm going through the same thing or something similar. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also important that we can not, you know, as when you said, oh, I'm going to be like my mother, like that's the biggest fear, even if I look like her or sound like her. But it's knowing that we can be better, like we can break that cycle. And I think that's why I love using play so much with my kids because I'm giving them the connection that I never yes. had. I'm able to sit down and play with my kids and no one did that for me. But it's having that real excitement that I don't have to repeat that pattern but it's trying to get those mums who feel like us but haven't quite been able to share their story feel comfortable to do so because if they share their story, then it just allows that healing to happen and so they can get to the place where you and I are at where we can go, well, this is, this is me. This, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, we have to support each other more. Yeah, I, I kind of feel bad for the people who are still kind of suffering with that I have to be perfect or this is what I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. because I kind of went through this whole shoving everything under the rug, shoving my emotions under the rug, shoving my feelings under the rug. Um, and I, I took it out on things, you know, like, cause that, that that's not a sustainable lifestyle. You're going to explode mm-hmm. on occasion. Cause it's just going to bubble up like a volcano and it's going to come out in some kind of negative way. Cause you're hiding all of these negative emotions, but, as you kind of let your emotions come in and out in like this, this freedom, you know, like let them come in, let them come out, feel them, experience them and like, let them kind of do their thing and let them be. It's a very like neutral kind of life I've started to live since I've started doing that. And yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I've always, I always kind of think when I have like these other moms in my neighborhood or these other like daycare moms or even people who listen to my podcast and they like comment negative things because, you know, it's the internet. It's going to happen. I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, what are the, what are the moments when you're imperfect? You know, mm-hmm. are you screaming? Are you fighting with your significant other? Are you know like what's that thing because that's not a sustainable lifestyle like you can't permanently live in this vision of fakeness it's it's gonna 
Absolutely. And I think I had to, for the people like that and the people that I was mentioning, like the school mummies, I had to visualise in my head a mirror ball and that that was her crap, not mine. (laughs) So I think sometimes you can go, well, oh, well, maybe I've done the wrong thing or I've said the wrong thing or I should have filtered myself more. I should have dressed up more. There's so many things that we could think it was our fault, but I just have this mirror ball in my head and go, that's that's your (laughs) shit. You keep that. (laughs) Yes. You have to because you can't take all of that on. You just you can't. It's exhausting if you took all of that on. If you had a life like we've had and you took on everyone oh. else's crap, oh we'd be a mess. I it's was not a worth mess it. for a long time because I spent so much time trying to fix my friends because I was the one who needed fixing, but God forbid if I actually admitted that at the time. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take oh, on yeah. your life. You're going to be my project. I'm going to. I'll help you with your stuff. Mm -hmm. But it did. It got exhausting. And then I just, I just, I grew up, you know, and I started looking within and I started fixing myself. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I feel like life is not a sprint. You know, it's like a, a marathon. It's a journey. It's like running cross country track. Like you don't just stop. It's something that keeps on going through the hurdles and the ups and downs and whatever. So it's kind of never ending, but you can try to be a little bit better than you were the day before, unless, you know, you wake up and you just don't feel like it. (laughs) And then there's. And I think it's important to have those conversations with our kids. Like, so my twins are eight now and my little one's four. So being nearly eight, they start to understand when mummy's had a tantrum. Like I have tantrums, they see them. It's just acknowledging that I've had one, you know, mummy was grumpy, mummy felt sad. And it's, you know, now they nearly eight can say, oh, how can I make you feel better? How can I fill your bucket? Because they, but if we, no, yeah, it's amazing. But if I just was trying to be perfect. Marla would come up and ask me how he can make me feel better. But instead he's three and a half and he asks me if I have to be (laughs) He's like, Mommy, do you have PMS? <laughs> I'm like, yes, every day. Get away from me right now. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my four-year-old doesn't care either. But it, it comes. It gets better. But I think you have to have those conversations. You have to, in a child-appropriate way, you have to have those conversations. It's really important that they understand that life's not going to be perfect and we're not going to live this perfect life. There's going to be some days that are good and some days that are tricky and yeah, it's been interesting watching their journey with obviously my baggage. They've got a mum that has lots of baggage. So we've all worked on it together. Oh, that's awesome. I've, I have at times felt guilty for all of the baggage that I've kind of brought on because it's unfortunate that my son doesn't have grandparents and he doesn't have cousins or a family, you know, that, that cares about him and loves him and wants to be around him. And it's one of those things that kind of brought me to moving to the other side of the country without a second thought, you know, because I was like, well, what, what's here for me? If his dad wants to be involved in his life, then, you know, I should take that as a, as a plus. Right. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because my, the kids are obviously older now and starting to realize, Oh, how do I fill out my family tree oh. mom? Cause they can't fill out half of my I family like tree. Every single kid in the <laughs> but world again, we like 
what fourth grade yeah. project and I'm like dreading the day uh, that my son uh-huh. has to fill that out because I'm not gonna have any of that information yeah I was just honest and I said well you know I don't have this branch but you know my auntie fills that branch or my friend like my best friend's pretty much their auntie so you know Arnie Beck feels that branch it's just telling them that no we're not blood related but we have our family tree that have come from all different families and yeah but it's tricky it's a project that I never like to complete but again it's what I know but when we're honest with our kids we have to be we can't you know I was always like I can't pretend they're dead they're they're not (laughs) so I've got to find another way and I talk about kids all the time that it's important that you know, we, we get support and we get family from other ways. It's actually quite interesting and I'll share this story because I know you get it. I don't share this story with everyone but because I know you understand a mm-hmm. unmothered life. Um, they they obviously know that my mum, they call her my mum's mean. That's how they related. You know, <laughs> your mum's mean. And so um, my daughter was playing in the sandpit with this boy and she kept telling him, leave me alone or stop, I don't like it. The boy was throwing sand at her. And she's like, oh, mum, I did what you did with your mum. He wasn't nice to me, so I walked away. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) What else can you do? It's true. (laughs) See, I'm like the fibber. I am like, what white lie can get me out of this situation for now? And I no, because kids are so onto yeah, it. That'll be fine. Older, and he's getting to the point where he's like, "I've heard you on the phone. I heard you talking. Like, I, my grandma's not dead." And I'm like, "Damn it, he caught me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hard, and it is hard because we have that reality. It comes back to how we wanted it to be—the perfect kitchen and the perfect cooking and. We want the perfect family, but it just doesn't yeah. exist for some of us. So it's really about this is who we are. This is who we are. This is the situation we're in. You know, I get the older older kids asking me all the time. You know, oh, will we ever see them? And probably not, darling. Like probably not. But it's okay because we have this person and this person, and it's just yeah, it's it's a tr- it's always a tricky one to navigate. But I think it's really been my gift because it's allowed me to connect with other families and other kids who are like me. You know, when I go into a classroom, I can see all these other kids that are, that are like me and I can really show them, well, it, it turns out okay. Yeah. We can get there in the end. I think that's my thing. I think once I build up a little bit of a tribe, people who are going to be in our life for the long haul, you know, like, because I always have this mindset of people are temporary, but I think that's something that I need to work on. And I think it's like friendships are definitely something that I need to focus on and I need to nurture because I've always, since I was a kid, have had this mindset of people are temporary. Like there's nobody going to stay in your life for the Mm. long haul. Nobody's going to want to stick it out with you. You know, it's just like a temporary thing and whatever. But as I've kind of looked back on my life, I've realized that a lot of my friendships have fallen fallen through because I haven't nurtured them and I feel like friendships are very similar to like romantic relationships where they need time they need effort they need a little bit of cultivation and you know if you don't do that the relationship just kind of falls apart and it might not be as like heartbreaking as like a 
a romantic relationship, but it's it's still kind of that similar process. And I don't know. I think now I need to start cultivating a tribe because my son is getting older. He's starting to ask things. And I kind of thought it would just be like given like, oh, I'm, I'm a mom now. I'm going to make mom friends and we're going to be like big <laughs> little lies. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> no. You know? But like, that's not a reality. That's a TV show and a book. Which the book was way better, but you know, like it's you can't uh, just imagine life of what it's gonna be like when it's on TV. Like you need to put effort in, and you need Absolutely. to communicate, and you need to talk to people, and and I think it's interesting because I've had friends who've taught me how to do it along the way. So, for example, I've no one's ever really checked in with me before having yeah. adult friends. And um, it's interesting because they then check in on me and I've learned how to copy that and then check in on someone else. But it wasn't for you and I. It wasn't innate. We weren't automatically given that skill by someone else showing us. It just had to be that I've had to copy, really copy <laughs> my friends doing it to then nurture I know, other it's, friends. It's, it's even interesting of... when, my, when my youngest was born. Oh, no. Sorry. It was, it's even when my, when my youngest was born. I had to watch how my oldest kids would nurture their little sister and then I would copy that because if we haven't been nurtured, we don't know how to do it. But it's just taking that, it's taking that openness to learn from other people and instead of following the same pattern, it's deciding, well, no, I'm not going to follow that pattern. I've got to learn from my friends or learn from my children how to improve on that pattern. I've slowly but surely started, started doing that. Because, I don't know, like, there's, like, a couple people in my life who actually, like, like care about us, which I think is weird. <laughs> like, mm. I know. You I'm can't like, believe why it. are you it's texting true. me? It's a Wednesday afternoon. Like, don't you have something better to do? But, no, they're, like, gen- I know. What did I do? What do you want? But it's, like, yeah. mm-hmm. they're but just people curious. Just care they're about curious you. of what we're doing that day. Or they're curious about how we're doing. And I'm like, you're such a freak. But I've started, you know, kind of doing that. And, like, instead of just ignoring the thoughts of, like, when I think of my friends or the the people that I've met, instead of just thinking about them and kind of, like, shoving it away or be like, oh, okay, yeah, that person's nice. Like, every time I think of someone, like, I'll text them. Or I'll send them like an Instagram message or maybe a phone call. And it's, it's kind of had this positive reaction, which is very weird for me. (laughs) But I'm like, oh, (laughs) sometimes I'll just send them a simple text like, oh, I'm thinking of you. How are you today? And they're like, oh, thank you for asking. And I'm like, you're, you're welcome. You weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) new year new wine and of course i'm talking nakedwines.com if you haven't tasted the delicious independently crafted wines from boutique winemakers around the world can you even call yourself a fellow wine mom debatable but don't worry i got you girl use code mommywines50 or click the link in the show notes below to receive your first six bottles delivered right to your door 
for only $34.99. That's $34.99 for six bottles of wine delivered to your door with code MOMMYWINES50. You're welcome. But it's crazy that I've had to learn these social skills and I'm I'm going to be 31 this year. Like that. that. Mm-hmm. And we keep learning them because we keep learning them in different situations that we're yeah, putting. It, it's a bit weird, but it's working. Who knew caring, <laughs> caring was the way to be? That's really good. <laughs> Who knew that we'd start out talking about play therapy and we'd turn into real mom chats? <laughs> it's awesome. Well, tell everyone um, where they can find it's you good. on social media. Yeah, thanks so much. So they can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Play Move Improve. Um, I'll also want to share with you a little freebie. So please, if you don't mind, checking out the freebie. So it's just little activities that you can do at home after screen time. I know we've spoken a lot today. My passion is play therapy and helping our kids move more, but it comes from this place of being a kid who didn't have the connection that I really deserved. And I use play to develop those connections. So if there's a mum out there who feels like she's not connecting with her kids or she's nagging them too much or she just wants to be in the moment, follow your kids' play. Give your kids some pom-poms or a balloon or some pipe cleaners and follow what they do. Kids are really going to be our best therapists. And a lot of my healing came from my kids and just following their path because kids are so in the moment and they just teach oh, us how to be in the like moment the best as well. people. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're so thankful for them and I just if I can tell a parent that even if you don't want to you don't have to come and just chat to me about my play therapy if there's any parent out there who's been in the similar situation to us we're always there for them yeah, even across absolutely. the world are you a fan of the mommy wines podcast well of course you are or you wouldn't be hearing this right now one of the best ways to support the show you love besides obviously tuning in every wine Wednesday for new episodes is shopping the Mommy Wines merch store on teespring.com. This is where you'll find all of the Mommy Wines branded goodness, mugs to hold your coffee over cardio morning java, iPhone and Samsung cases, premium ultra soft hoodies perfect for upcoming cooler months, and of course flowy teas and tanks flattering on every mommy out there. Go shop the Mommy Wines storefront on teespring.com and make sure to use code WINEMOM for free shipping. Oh, thank you for having me. And it's been so amazing to connect and it's been really interesting to share my story. So I don't do that very often. So it's it's really nice to get that out there. And hopefully I've connected with some other mum who's in the same situation. I'm going to go now and make sure that my four-year-old isn't annoying <laughs> her twin brother and sister. That's highly well, likely she is. good luck with that. Thank you so much. <laughs> but yes and thank you thank you everyone and, and as i said before please reach out if you need okay, and even emma if you need just reach you. out always right here. back at you thank you for listening to this episode of the mommy wines podcast make sure to leave a rating and review to support the show you love check out the exclusive branded merchandise on themommywines.com for extra sassy honest and potentially controversial content make sure to join me over on the mommy wines patreon Also, don't forget to check out the other shows on the MW Network. If you love scary stories and true crime, you'll love Tales After Dark. More shows are coming soon, so make sure to stay connected on social at Mommy Wines Podcast. And until next Wine Wednesday, mamas. 
parent and drink responsibly.